0: I.V.M. You are listening to The Signal Daily. Brought to you by Front Page Studios. When was the first time that you booked a virtual medical consultation? Probably when all of India was stuck indoors because of the COVID pandemic, Right. That's the case for the majority. But telemedicine is apparently picking up even as we put the terrible COVID years behind us. More so in smaller towns and cities where the larger chunk of the Indian population live. Data released by Liberate, which is the mobile healthcare tech firm, suggests that telemedicine grew almost 87% in tier two and tier three cities like Jaipur, Lucknow, Ahmedabad. But what's also really interesting in their data is that more women are opting for online consultations. There's been a 65% rise in consultations booked by women in 2022 as compared to 2021. Why this is interesting is because if you look up any credible survey on Indian healthcare, it will tell you how there is a gender bias in accessing healthcare in the country. For example, The fifth round of the National Family Health Survey or NFHS data shows that as many as 60% of women in the country face trouble in accessing healthcare for themselves because of inadequate infrastructure or scanty health personnel. Goes without saying that this problem extends to other marginalized genders as well. And look, is this kind of a tech boost enough to improve India's healthcare? Certainly not. As healthcare experts have pointed out, India needs to upgrade its testing facilities, add more government hospitals, beds and doctors, especially in rural areas to improve the general state of healthcare in the country. But the idea behind telemedicine is to widen the access to healthcare. Virtual healthcare was legalized just three years back in 2020, shortly after the COVID pandemic broke out. And since then, the telemedicine industry has grown noticeably. According to Statista, which provides consumer and market insights, in 2019 in India, the market size of the telemedicine industry was around 829 million US dollars. And this is set to increase significantly in the coming years, reaching approximately 5.4 billion US dollars by 2025. And just last year, the centre also claimed that Sanjeevani, which is a government-owned free telemedicine service, clocked in 8 crore teleconsultations. But that's not the full picture. You see, government doctors and health workers are under immense pressure as the doctor to patient ratio in India is still not at the ideal level. And that does impact the growth of virtual consultations. The centre did claim that India was doing better than WHO standards ratio, but the fine print shows that we are terribly behind. And besides, rural areas will need more digital penetration to bring telemedicine to the hinterlands where it's needed the most. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you read yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan, and this is the deep dive for 9th February 2023. So, it looks like Meta isn't ready to say goodbye to Horizon Worlds just yet. According to some insider info from the company, it is working on a plan to make the platform more appealing to teenage users. The Wall Street Journal highlights that the boss of the revamping team at Horizon Worlds, Gabriel Aul, sent a memo with a plan to make the game accessible to younger players. Previously, it was only available for people who are 18 and over. But with Gabriel All's new plan, it might be open to players aged 13 to 17 as soon as next month. And so, here's the thing. As we mentioned in our previous episodes, Horizon World has been struggling to keep people interested. Back in February 2022, it only managed to get 300,000 players in a month. But Meta's original goal was to reach 500,000 monthly active users. And sadly, the users further fell to 200,000 a month. And as internal documents suggest, most users don't stick around for long and lose interest after a month. As if that wasn't enough, some folks also found that Horizon Worlds had its own set of problems, like how to regulate the platform, for instance. Apparently, there's been a lot of problematic comments that are sexist, racist or homophobic. You know, things that ail social media generally. Unfortunately, the platform didn't do much to stop the offenders, and it even had the added nightmare of virtual harassment. So, the obvious question is, if Horizon Worlds wasn't safe enough for adults, how is it going to make it safe for teenagers? According to a Gizmodo report, it's definitely a bold move on Meta's part, But it seems like the company has set certain goals and responsibilities to make the platform a safe space for the newer, younger crowd. The Wall Street Journal also notes that Meta wants to go beyond virtual reality. It is pushing the Horizon team to launch a 2D version of the metaverse that you can use on your phone or computer. Plus, it is hoping to integrate Horizon with other Meta apps like Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. But beyond the struggle to find an audience for Horizon Worlds, Meta is generally in a bit of a soup. Its earnings have slipped in 2022. Firstly, because of decreased ad spend, and secondly, because of its investment into Reality Lab's ARVR divisions. After it laid off about 13% of its workforce last year to trim its losses, it's now asking many of its managers and directors to become individual contributors or quit. Also, remember when we talked about the AI race among big tech companies yesterday? Meta is lagging behind there as well. It was one of the first companies to introduce a chatbot called Galactica just two weeks before ChatGPT was launched. It was designed for scientific research and could do all sorts of cool stuff like write articles, solve math problems, create computer code and label images. But here's the thing, Galactica isn't around anymore. Yet, if reports are true, then it seems that Meta is really eager to catch the AI bus. It wants to quickly bring AI-driven products for consumers. We don't know how it plans to do that yet, but good luck, I guess. If you like listening to The Signal daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at signal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched, and produced by Kushal Banerjee and Manaswini, edited by Venkatanand, mastered and mixed by Prasenjit Das. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are TheSignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.